welcome to another episode of Parminio for the modern day chief of staff. CEOs face many dilemmas and challenges, of course. Implementing the agenda of the CEO consists of many things. Building a team and, and the culture of the organization. Um, implementing and developing a leadership philosophy, uh, decision-making philosophy that goes hand-in-hand with that. Fundraising, allocating resources, all these are issues um, that the CEO must confront. Bain Consulting, who they do a lot of work on on CEO uh, best practices and execution of of CEOs, and they've done some research Oh, a few years back, 2009, around the, the common dilemmas and challenges that CEOs face. And they narrowed it down to six dilemmas that were, they found to be typical um, that most CEOs struggled with. And although the research is a few years old, 2009, many of these, these kind of issues and dilemmas are are universal and timeless issues that people and organizations face and in many ways the hyper competitiveness and the openness of markets in 24-7 has probably compounded and made most most of these issues even more difficult over time. In that research um, where Bain interviewed CEOs, they've come up with a number of recommendations to address these dilemmas. And what we're going to do here on this episode of the podcast is we're going to walk through these dilemmas. We're going to discuss um, kind of the course of action um, that Bain recommends in order how to kind of resolve these issues. And then we're going to put an added extra spin on it. What we're going to do is then discuss how the chief of staff uses their skill sets and behaviors and the practice areas of the chief of staff um, to help partner with the CEO and, and, and solve and resolve these dilemmas in a, in a proactive manner. Okay, so that's what we're going to walk through and cover on this episode. So let's walk through uh, the six dilemmas that were identified by Bain. The first one is that CEOs have too many demands on their time and it makes it difficult for CEOs to kind of, they struggle with where, where to spend their time. Um, as CEOs get more wise and experienced, they, they kind of find out they have to be very guarded and selfish with their time because people are pulling them in every direction. The second dilemma was on how to build the team, and especially with CEOs of a new organization. They struggle with this idea of going too fast or, or too slow, and uh, Bain has some ideas on how to approach that. The third dilemma is around the calendar of meetings, which all CEOs consider to be essential to keeping the organization moving forward, but at at times it can kind of bog bog things down a little bit. So how do we address that? The fourth dilemma was around how do we get the organization and all the people moving in the right direction? You got 10,000 people, 20,000, 30,000, whatever, 100. Uh, getting them moving all in the same direction at the same pace can be a challenge, right? So um, we're going to talk about how to address that. The fifth dilemma was around having too many constituencies and and trying to satisfy them all. 
everybody wants something and they want some time from the CEO. So that's a challenge um, to be resolved. And the final and sixth dilemma was, how do I role model the right behaviors in terms of bringing energy every day, um, yet building in a, a notion, an element of sustainability for the long haul? And how do I find that right balance? Okay, so we're gonna discuss each of those dilemmas. We're gonna go through um, what Bain recommended, um, kind of how to address them. And then we're gonna put an extra spin on it in terms of how does the chief of staff uh, use their uh, knowledge, skill sets, attributes to help proactively solve these dilemmas. Now, kind of how we talk about it is that the chief of staff uses their practice areas, the four pillars, and their associated skills with each of those practice areas to execute and power through and drive the operating rhythm and the operating cycle. Um, inherent in that operating cycle is the agenda of the CEO. That includes you know, the policies, uh, the strategies, the goals, the objectives, the big themes that we want to accomplish. Those things get crystallized um, through the execution of the operating cycle, right? And so when we think about this, I have four kind of core practice areas. I have scheduling mastery. I have strategy and advisory uh, skills. I have proxy skills and I have project process uh, skills. And each of those four areas is broken down into another, of another uh, few components and skill sets and behaviors that then allow me as a chief of staff to synchronize, integrate, filter the projects, processes, and people um, and information through the operating cycle so that we can make decisions, actions, and adjustments and keep things flowing. Um, project and process, for example, um, I have goal setting skills, goal setting theory and best practices, which I can bring to bear. I have stakeholder assessment, stakeholder communication, knowledge and skill sets, which I can use to mobilize people, get them moving in the same direction. I have project management skills, portfolio project management skills. I have facilitator best practices and how to run meetings in a way to make them more effective, right? And I can also bring leadership um, behaviors, transformational, transactional, all of these things I can bring to bear on the problems and the dilemmas that are faced by the CEO. All right, so let's get into these dilemmas now. The first one was around too many demands on the CEO's time. Everybody wants a, a piece of the CEO, of course. People want to get their ideas floated through the CEO. They want resources from the CEO. The CEO is the ultimate decision maker, so obviously people want the CEO's time, internally and externally. Uh, what Bain recommends is that CEOs adopt a 60-40 rule, and the 60% of the time is on the daily must-to-dos, uh, analyst calls, you know, uh, board meetings, staff meetings, all those kind of things that are part of the cyclical nature of the operating cycle and then spend the other 40% on powering and turbocharging uh, you know, actions and new initiatives that are part of, of moving the organization forward and from the strategy sense. Now at CEOs, 
in this research said they're constantly assessing and thinking about where to spend their time. And they struggle with it. Uh, should I send a delegate or should I do it myself? Is it key and important that I'm a part of this meeting or decision or can somebody else represent me? Uh, constantly assessing this question. So um, this is a perfect place now for the chief of staff. It just happens to be. If I'm the chief of staff and I've done my homework well and I've prepared myself as a proxy, meaning that I can speak and write in the CEO's words, I understand the CEO's talking points and what their messages are, I understand what their key themes are, I understand the organizational goals and objectives going forward. I understand how the CEO thinks about decision-making and the implications of those decisions. If I'm doing all those things and I have a very strong shared understanding with the CEO when it comes to uh, what is the intent of their words and what they mean and the implications of those things, I am a built-in person that can represent the CEO and kind of we, the CEO can be in two places at once. Not really, of course. But because I am well-versed and I can speak for the CEO and represent their viewpoints, their messages, their way of thinking, um, it makes it much easier for the CEO in terms of their level of confidence um, in sending uh, a delegate because that delegate, as the chief of staff, has trained to do this. In many ways, it's almost like if I've done my job really well, I almost can be like the White House press secretary where I'm going out and I'm speaking to the press, I'm talking about the president's uh, views and positions on different topics and issues. We're totally in sync because you know if the press secretary is not in sync, it creates a whole uproar, creates conflict. We can't have conflict in the organization, right? Because people sense conflict and, and divergent messages um, people start to question things and it makes it harder to keep everybody moving in the same direction. Now, because I've trained well as a proxy, we make this decision-making a lot easier. The second piece I can bring into this is scheduling. Because I'm a well-versed uh, proxy, I can be looking at the schedule, what's on the CEO's schedule. I understand what's coming through the operating cycle in terms of decisions and issues and people. And I can have conversations with my partner, the CEO, about where they should be and where I can be representing them in a very proactive manner. So I've brought to bear proxy skills and scheduling skills. Um, and if we do this in an effective way, we can really resolve a lot of these uh, dilemmas around time uh, and, and meeting management things. The, the next piece of this is I can be using uh, pre-briefings, previews and I can be doing advanced what I call advanced reconnaissance to help the CEO be smarter about their time so I can pre-brief the CEO on meetings I can preview meetings for them I can do advanced work so for example if we're having a quarterly business review I can be meeting with the team prior to the CEO going through the material making sure it's in the right format making sure things are in the right um, presented the right way, everybody agrees on the financial numbers, right? So when we meet with the CEO, there's no discussion or disagreement about any of these issues. 
It's all right there. It's well formatted. It's all agreed upon. Now we can talk about um, operational issues, strategy issues, whatever uh, the need may arise. I'm saving the CEO time by doing these different activities. So we can see how the chief of staff can play a large role in helping to solve this first dilemma for sure. Uh, the second dilemma is around the need to build the team. And a lot of CEOs struggle with this, especially new ones in new organizations, um, according to the research from Bain. And what the research um, and the interviews that Bain conducted tell us is that CEOs that didn't move faster regretted it. CEOs that were kind of too cautious and took their time, uh, they regretted not building the team faster and moving because it slowed them down. One of the problems was that CEOs, especially if they're in a new organization, um, didn't really know the people so well and it was harder for them to be sure about picking the right person. Uh, so what Bain says is that it's really important for the CEO to have a strong partner to evaluate talent with. All right, and that can be the HR person and that can be with a trusted uh, partner and the chief of staff. The other piece about it was that um, leadership development and mentoring coaching uh, were also big themes. Um, creating future leaders, mentoring um, your direct reports is a very important issue. All right, so how does the chief of staff play into this? Well, we just did a podcast not too long ago on chief of staff and CEO um, as mentor and mentee. CEO being the mentor, chief of staff being the mentee. We talked about a specific pro process or methodology to do this called the cognitive apprenticeship approach. If you're interested, uh, you should read or uh, listen to that podcast. And that is a method for integrating a coaching and mentoring approach that makes it very integrative in everything that you do. It's not like a separate program. It's a way how you behave and operate every day. So if I'm the chief of staff and I'm bringing this methodology to bear in my relationship with the CEO, what we're doing here is not only is he mentoring me, he or she mentoring me and helping me to learn their knowledge, their leadership uh, viewpoints, their skills and whatnot, their ways they solve problems, but at the same time, I'm bringing something back uh, to the CEO. I'm demonstrating and reinforcing a coaching and mentoring methodology that if we do it right, will be very effective. And they are thus learning to be a much more effective coach and mentor because I'm integrating this methodology into our daily, weekly interactions. So by doing that, we can make the culture much stronger and make it a much more profound and, and, and strong coaching and mentoring organization which brings forth leaders into the future. The second piece is on uh, being a partner and advisor to the CEO. That means helping them to evaluate talent that means um, prodding them to move a little faster if needed because it's important to build the team. And the other piece about this was that uh, a lot of the CEOs said uh, when it came to hiring people, they learned to be very guarded about the type of people they hired. 
Not only did they want to have people with the right skill sets, but it was the right people with the right type of energy, positive energy. If CEOs hire people that are really skilled, but they're drainers on them emotionally, um, that hurts the CEO in terms of executing the agenda. So CEOs over time become very guarded about hiring people that don't suck their energy. They want people that bring positive energy, positive energy towards the CEO agenda. And so that should be a part of the evaluation process and that should be something that the chief of staff helps to reinforce, okay? The uh, third uh, dilemma was the calendar of meetings, uh, which CEOs consider to be essential. Most CEOs are very disciplined, right? Calendar of meetings is a disciplined process. Staff meetings, board meetings, annual operating planning process, quarterly reviews, monthly metrics. All those things are important uh, to the CEO, but one of the things that CEOs said around this is that you have to be the one that's setting the rhythm and the beat in the organization. You gotta be beating the drum. You can't let the organization beat it because things will get away from you. Now, and this is right into the sweet spot of what the chief of staff does. What we wanna be doing here is understanding the, the tempo and cadence, the velocity which, which the CEO wants to operate at. And then what we're gonna do is bring our skill sets to bear to drive this operating cycle, right? At the pace and cadence and tempo um, that the CEO desires. We can challenge them to move it a little bit faster. Maybe it's appropriate, maybe not but we wanna move it in an efficient manner because moving it in an efficient manner is what allows us to implement and execute the agenda of the CEO. So by mastering the operating cycle, we can surely uh, help to resolve this dilemma of this calendar of meetings for sure. All right, the uh, next dilemma was getting people moving in all the same direction, which is, hard of course you've got a big organization you've got people with you know, different objectives and goals perhaps what we're trying to do is get everybody centered around common goals common themes right and um, what the research from Bain says in talking to CEOs what you want to do is develop a number of common themes not a lot three to five and the common themes are related to your big agenda items and because you're developing common themes, common themes are, tend to be more emotionally driven and goal-oriented, right? You know, we have a people plan to be a great working organization for everybody here. Uh, obviously, that's not how I would put it, but something like that. Broad-based themes um, that people can relate to and you can paint a vision of what the future looks like, much like in, in political campaigns. You know, what does the future look like when we achieve this goal? Uh, so what you wanna do uh, based on their research is develop, you know, three to five common themes, not too many, that support the overall goals and objectives and agenda of the CEO. And then what you wanna do is reinforce them. And you want to integrate them, of course, with the goals and objectives, they all cascade downwards. What the, uh, Chief of Staff then does, obviously as a proxy, we're reinforcing these themes. When I'm speaking for the CEO, 
when I'm in meetings, uh, when I'm handling different uh, projects and processes, we're reinforcing these, um, these themes on a consistent basis so everybody's fully understanding of what direction that we're moving. So we want to reinforce them. The second piece of it is, is keeping the operating cycle moving along with these themes, right? Linking the things in the operating cycle, the initiatives, the goals, the objectives, what people are doing to the broad-based themes. And then another piece of this is, in order to get people uh, behind goals, right? Uh, we want to make sure, um, as a part of, if you think about goal setting theory, goal setting best practices, when we have goals, we need timely and specific feedback. If I'm going towards a goal, I have to know, am I on course? Am I, are we making progress? Are we behind schedule? Are we ahead of schedule? Without knowing that, it's hard to know whether to make adjustments or not, right? So we wanted to be giving concise feedback that's specific and timely to our goal attainment to the organization, cascading that down. And then we want to make sure that there's a communication and cascading approach which does this as well, both informal and formal. Now, if you're in a big organization, you have a communications team internally that is, can do this stuff for you. But if you're the chief of staff, you're probably involved in that, helping to uh, you know, put out those messages to the communication team and help put them together along with the CEO. So communicating and cascading the plan. Are we on target? Here's the progress they're making. Keeping everybody with a positive inspiration and motivation towards achieving the goals, right? All right, the fifth dilemma was around constituencies and satisfying them all. Uh, CEOs talk about this, you know, I've got board meeting, I've got board of directors, I've got analysts, I've got Wall Street, I've got internal customers, external customers, how do I satisfy all these people? It's, it's to be time consuming. Well, a couple of things. One of the things that um, Bain discusses is that the common themes that we discussed earlier should be part and parcel of the stories that you tell internally and externally. And you use these stories to develop inspiration and motivation towards the goals that you're trying to achieve and get these different constituencies uh, working for you in ways that are helpful to you, right? It's not just that it's a one-way street. Uh, the other piece of it is, is that the uh, chief of staff can be using their skill sets that we talked about on preparation, meeting preparation, meeting facilitation, and preparing the CEO for these meetings so that they can be done and executed in a more efficient and timely manner. So building these themes into all the things that we do, executing and facilitating meetings and preparing for them in a more efficient manner can help free up the CEO's time, right? Okay, and finally, the final dilemma was on role modeling uh, energy today versus the future and sustainability. And that's important as well because we have to be uh, efficient and make progress, but we can't burn ourselves out. Uh, on this point as well, a lot of the CEOs, like 50% of the CEOs um, in, in uh, some of the people they interviewed said they feel alone. They have nobody to talk to. Uh, this is another perfect place for the chief of staff to really partner and be that person that the, 
that the CEO can talk to. So um, when it comes to energy today versus the sustainability, uh, a lot of CEOs said, you know, they'll put clear kind of guidelines and markers. Uh, one CEO said, you know, from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., I want my staff to be available, but after outside of those hours, I want them to be focusing on nourishing family activities, sports, exercise, nourishing their mind. So having some, some clear uh, markers like that is important. Also, um, expending time on health, mental health, physical health is important. Um, so one of the things we wanna do here as a chief of staff is role model these behaviors and um, mirror and match those up with the CEO. One of the things that I know I like to do is a lot of mental nourishment. You know, work hard, but you know, meditation, yoga, nature walks, deep breathing, um, exercises for the mind to increase my mental strength and my resiliency, uh, along with bringing positive energy every day. So that's that balance we can bring. And one of the things you can do as a chief of staff is to plan outings like that, hikes, nature hikes, uh, lake walks, beach walks, meditation on the beach, little things like that and get groups of people involved to model these behaviors. Uh, the other piece of it is, is being that partner so the C CEO doesn't feel so alone. And building a strong partnership uh, with the CEO is of course very important, building a trusting, positive relationship. Um, and in so doing, the CEO can feel like they're not the only person in the world, like they're not alone. And so the role of the chief of staff can do many, many, many things. And if we focus on our relationship uh, with our partner, the CEO, and we focus on the skill sets, the behaviors, the attributes that we want to learn and master, we can also help them to solve many of these dilemmas that they face. All right, so uh, thank you for listening to uh, this episode of Parmenio.